Hello and welcome to the Metafold podcast, where we discuss all things Black on this weekly podcast. I am Yana. And I'm Jadon. And today we are going to be discussing Asian hate crimes, Black businesses. But first, let's just say a prayer for DMX and his family. Um, Jadon, I grew up obviously in a household with you where I got a lot of my beginnings of all kinds of music listening to what you were listening to so that was my introduction to dmx and the rough riders so i want to give you a little bit of time to you know talk about how you're feeling about the current situation well i feel pretty sad about it and thanks i appreciate that but i do i just you know want to really say prayers up to dmx and his friends his close friends and his family his children you know dmx played a big part in the 90s and the early 2000s he was really really killing the charts and Mm -hmm. you know I've said this before and I'll say it again most of us that come from this era and that love rap feel like we have a connection with the rappers because most of the rappers have like you know a glow up story right like so you came from the hood and now you're here and like anybody who's in the hood you want to get out Mm-hmm. And so DMX seemed like somebody that you could see walking around the neighborhood, right? Like with mm-hmm. his dogs and, you know, his wife beater on. And he mm-hmm. never changed too much either. Like when right. I saw him get to his height. And I need people to understand that like DMX was huge. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like he had a gigantic movement. I mean, people were walking around the streets going, ur, ur, you know, <laughs> right. No, you're right. People, you know what I'm saying? People were talking to each other and growling, what do you want? Like that was real. <laughs> Like that all happened and I know that I'm like making light of it and talking about the good times because that's some of the memories that I have surrounding him but I also really want to point out that he was someone that was in touch with God and appeared to know God very well and encouraged his listeners to get to know God and to turn themselves over to Christ mm-hmm. and I respect that you know because I don't know many rappers that have been like that from the gate and continue to do it He's always been that way. We know that he's been struggling with drugs. That's a hard thing. And, you know, I mentioned this. This is a reference that I mention all the time and, like, substitute the name. And this time the name's going to be DMX. So I just want people to give DMX the same respect, you know, that, that, like, somebody would give a meth addict because they're white. I'm not talking about people like you and I that are from, like, the same place. I'm talking about, like, the way that the world sees things. Like, meth is a small problem or whatever. Right. Whereas it's not demonized like crack was. So, you know, DMX is brung down to be like pretty small because he, you know, used crack. Mm-hmm. And that's just not fair. I, I, you know, he was on drugs and for a long time. And just really quickly, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was either 12 or 14 when his mentor is the person that tricked him into using crack. It right. wasn't his choice, you know. Mm-hmm. So this poor man. And, you know, I just hope he pulls through. But if he doesn't, I hope that he is welcome to heaven. Yes. Yes, I agree. So um, thoughts and prayers to, to his family, mm-hmm. to his close friends. And sometimes your close friends become your family. Right. Um, his children. I can't imagine what they're feeling right now. Having to watch a parent. Um even even the addiction, having to watch their parent be addicted to something, and now some and now something like this where they're in the hospital and you don't know what's gonna happen. So my heart goes out to them. Right, right, mine too. Ugh. So as tough as it is, let's just kind of move along. So God bless you, Damex. Yes, yes. Um, so per usual, you and I have conversations every day because we're family. <laughs> um, but. 
some of these conversations will then spill into this is what's going to be on the next podcast. One of those conversations that we had were um, about the Asian hate crimes that have been pretty much on the news, on social media. Um, So tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about that. I kind of touched on it like the last time we spoke a little bit. um, And I don't think it's okay to to out to do like these crimes against anybody, no matter who it is. I think that's foul and fucked up. You got a problem with somebody, that's one thing. But to target an individual because of you fill in the blank is a problem. You know, unless it's a personal Mm -hmm. thing, like you fuck with me, I'm coming and get you type shit, then fine. Or I'm going to retaliate against you or, you know, defend myself. That's totally different. So let me be clear. I think that like any type of hate is just whack. Um, Mm -hmm. Specifically that old, that old woman, that the old Asian woman that was attacked. Like on the way to church. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, like that whole thing is like really fucked up. I guess, you know, it becomes difficult for me. And I said this before, whereas like you, you know, the the reality is, is that we live in a racist place. There's white supremacy. It exists. And in order for white supremacy to exist, anything else has to be below it. And that includes Asian people who are considered to be the model minority. For those of you guys out there that don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the minority that does everything the way that a white supremacist would want you to do it. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I think that for some Asian people, they may have gotten comfortable with believing that they were just close to white enough so that they didn't have to face the fact that they're actually a minority, nevertheless. And also having that relationship with white supremacy also lets them comfortably turn a blind eye to the way black people are treated in this country. And mm-hmm. they contribute to that. That's not just in this country. They also treat black people pretty poorly in their own countries. And right. you know, me being a black person with just common sense, um, I'm just not with it. So if you don't fuck with me and mm-hmm. mine, I just don't fuck with you either. And I'm not saying that I don't fuck with Asian people. That's not what I'm saying. I am mm-hmm. saying that I am conscious about what I do. And right. you know, I say that because earlier in the week you sent me that video of that girl and the. the Chinese restaurant, I believe it was. Yes. You Mm want to like explain what that was about? So I had sent my cousin a video that I had saw on Instagram about um, a a, a black family at a restaurant. It appeared to be a black family because I I saw a young child and a a woman and it sounded like a a guy was reporting it um, where she had asked because the food she was eating was making her feel a little sick. But before that, she had asked if she could swap it out for something. Yeah, she just wanted to switch the piece of cake. Right. And then when they said no, she was like, because of COVID or whatever, she was like, well, can I just get my money back for this cake? Because it's not, it's making me feel sick. And I don't know if it was the manager or the owner or an employee at the restaurant called the police. Um, so you have that situation where she's explaining to the, to the um, Asian woman, in this climate, you're going to call the police on a black person over a piece of cake, knowing this could escalate. And that's my issue. It's like, you know that there is so much tension between blacks and police that it almost feels intentional. Like you want something bad to happen to somebody when you do that over a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. When you have the incident with the nail salon, um, a couple of maybe maybe a year and a half, maybe two years ago. It was before COVID, where 
a black woman in a in an employee at a, at a nail at a nail salon had gotten to an altercation, um, and I can't remember what the altercation was about. But again, it comes to, you know, where are we spending our money? Mm-hmm. You know, why do we constantly let people degrade us and we still continue to go back? Um, I had an incident personally with the late the woman that braids my hair. She stopped going to one of her favorite hair salons, um, hair stores because the gentleman that works in the store who was an Asian man continued to follow her around the store. Mind you, she had been shopping there for years and she sends her clients there to buy the braiding hair because she had, because in the beginning she had a positive experience. Now this happened three years ago. So this is before mm-hmm. the whole coronavirus and Donald Trump, you know, saying right. very different things like Kung flu, because I'm not down with that either. Um, But I will say what bothers me is this whole notion that if I say I've had this experience with um, an Asian American, a Korean American, a paper mache American, whatever you want to say, that everyone takes offense to it. If this is not, this is not you, then I'm not speaking to you. You know what I mean? If you don't behave in this way, this this conversation is not directed to you. Now, if you get offended, you might want to check yourself because that means you have guilt. If someone comes to me and goes, you know, you a low down dirty bitch. Okay, that's your opinion. Cause I know that's not mm-hmm. me. And I know that, that I know that that is personal growth, you know? Cause if you ain't saying that moves my spirit, you are not talking to me. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I understand. And, you know, there's a couple of important things to say here. The key word there is growth. And, you know, like people can grow as individuals, but it's best if you're able to grow in the in a great environment. Right. So, like, let's 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 equate this to like a garden. Like, Mm -hmm. let's say you're planting. Right. Most plants, they can grow by themselves and they'll be okay. But if you have a cluster of these plants and you're treating them well and you're giving them the sun and you're feeding them keeping them in the proper temperature, they're going to flourish and give you the best of the best. And that's important with growth, that in order for you to get to the best of the best, of course you can do it on your own, but it's helpful to have a group. And this is where I wish that us as a community of Black people can come together and be more supportive. Because to kind of go backwards here, when you reference the situation at the restaurant with the family, I just want to be clear mm-hmm. to anybody out there who had, hadn't seen the video, we encourage you to go take a look at it. The young, It's a young family. The young woman is crying. She's speaking directly to the police officer who appears to be a black male and mm-hmm. is speaking to the manager slash owner at the same time. She stayed mm-hmm. straight out that the cake was super sour and that it made mm-hmm. her basically her stomach turn. You know, you can eat something like that that really just makes you feel like you want to like throw up. And yes. she was basically like, ooh, I don't like this. I don't, you know, give me something else. And that is mm-hmm. the, the practice when you go out to eat somewhere. If you go out, Absolutely. you know, you go out to eat and your, your food's nasty. You can mm-hmm. say, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There's a whole word. It's a whole, I used to be a waitress. It's a whole thing. It's called comping. But she didn't ask for anything to be comped. She just wanted to switch it out. So when this lady was talking about, oh, we can't do that because of COVID, that, that doesn't make any sense. Because what you do is you take mm-hmm. the plate, you throw away the cake, and you go get another piece of something else and you give it to her. Or what you right. do is you say, okay, this bullshit-ass $3 cake, you're not going to be mm-hmm. charged for because I'm certain that she paid more than $3 for everything else. 
Yes. Also, I want to point out that it is still fucking COVID. And she's in mm-hmm. a Chinese restaurant with her child, it appeared to be. And yes. most of the people, let's be honest, last year, this time, people were not eating Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Our mayor had to go to Chinatown and sit the fuck down somewhere to prove to Bostonians <laughs> it was safe to eat. Mm-hmm. There were specials on the news about this. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, what I'm saying here is a couple things. What I'm saying is, one, she was willing to risk her safety. I'm not saying going to a Chinese restaurant. I'm talking about just going outside with her baby. Yeah. And mm-hmm. going someplace where there are other people and she doesn't have to a To support on, that business. To support your business while it was absolutely suffering with her mm-hmm. family. You called mm-hmm. the cops on a black woman about a piece of cake. When she called you right. out on it, what did she say? What about what you guys do to us? Yes. And that's what I want us. And if you are black and you're listening to me, listen clearly. She said, what about what you guys do to us? Mm-hmm. If you walk into an establishment and motherfuckers feel that way about you, do not eat there. Right. You don't right. even know what you're eating, first off. Mm-hmm. Secondly, why give these people money? I'm going to tell you right now, I have never had anything from a Chinese restaurant that made me feel like I'm going to go support somebody who actively wants to give. No, let me, let me I'm going to keep it a buck here. Who has a history of killing people that look like me and agreeing mm-hmm. with white supremacy for mm-hmm. high five. Right. What the fuck? How hard is it for us to realize that we need to do what um, Biden and Kamala Harris is doing right now to Atlanta. We need to financially discipline people. Yeah. Because we have the power more than any other race with Mm -hmm. the dollar. Right. It just has to happen. It it does. And this this topic of the black dollar, it really... It gets me fired up because I just don't understand. It's twofold for me. I completely understand that we as a community have not been taught anything. Mm -hmm. And when I say anything, I mean not a goddamn thing. And so it's hard for me to be angry with a lot of my, a lot of black people when they just don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I get angry because, okay, now it's 2021 and it almost feels like you don't want to know. It almost feels like you're okay with not having anything. But then it's like, well, do you know that it's not okay because everything has been hidden from us? And then I get frustrated. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because my, my mindset is I would love... I would absolutely love it if I could get 15 of my friends to invest in a building. And we take that money that we make to turn whatever that building is into something else. And we buy the next building Mm -hmm. and the next one. I am so influenced by Nipsey and what he did. And I don't understand why everyone else doesn't have that same, why every other black person does not have that same vision. There is nothing I would not do to see our people advance if it's yeah. within, my, within my grasp. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And what you're saying and makes I, sense. Sorry to cut you off. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where, you know, we, when we were speaking earlier this week about the Asian hate crime, it then transformed into black businesses. Right. So how do you feel about, I mean, we were, we were already kind of like, like dug into it, but what do you feel like where, or do you feel like we're missing anything when it comes to black businesses and black ownership? Yes, I do. I think that there's quite a few things that are missing. I feel like that we're kind of like Swiss cheese where we have a mm-hmm. lot of holes in it. Like it's a, it's a good grade. It has the capacity to be this, but it's an acquired taste. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, so like, but American cheese, which is fake, and pr- most people who've ever had cheese in their life knows it's the worst that you could eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> but we are trained in our mind to think that that's better. And like, so here, my answer isn't so direct. It's not like an easy one, right? right? So like the first part of this is like, I think that so many of us have the need, the want, the drive to become entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. it's a few reasons for this, right? Some of it has to be just that that person, right? They, they want to do this. But the other part of it could come from injustice that we've experienced over the years. And mm-hmm. then you're being forced to become an entrepreneur. And that could be a huge umbrella. So that could be something as simple as, you know, maybe you were just mistreated or it could mm-hmm. be something like you were, you know, wrongfully convicted of a really petty crime. And now you're not able to be whatever it was that you wanted to be before, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're oftentimes forced to go into entrepreneurship. Plus we know that like once, once we kind of wake up to the finances, we can clearly see that we're the spenders, Yes, you know? So if you realize that we're the spenders and the people, if you, if you go out and all let's, let's, let's take a young man, right? If a young Mm -hmm. man goes out, he's going to be with five of his friends. And all Mm -hmm. of them have on $900 sneakers. It does not take a rocket scientist to know that those guys are stepping on thousands of dollars. And if you want to get some money, you know, your friends will buy this, right? whatever it is. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that we do a good job of, you know, wanting to become an entrepreneur and, and moving forward with it. The problem that I have is two things is that most times it's a limited scale of what we're selling. Right. The, right. You know what I'm saying? The other thing is that it's the quality. And well, I should say three things. And then I also think truly that we really need to work on business practice, including customer service. Okay. If I'm going to keep it a hundred mm-hmm. and I understand, let me be clear. Like I understand that in big business, we cannot compete because we just don't have the lineage. Yeah. Period. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, Fruit of a Loom is going to have a better customer service and, you know, they can offer me something at a cheaper rate because they're, they're moving hundreds of thousands of units and they have the experience right. of many years. You know what I'm saying? Of mm-hmm. customer service. Whereas me, if I'm selling, let's say, T-shirts, then, you know, I just might not have the capacity or the know-with-all uh, to, you know, make sure that my customers are treated right. And maybe I can't give them that fast delivery. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's like one thing. But, you know, when I'm talking about like a specific lane, T-shirts is one of them. You know, it's only so many shea butters. It's only so many T-shirts. It's only so many of the things that, you know, the, the oils and, you know. That somebody can buy. Yeah. To support, to yeah. support you. You know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say? And, I definitely, you know. Not buy another T-shirt. 
Yeah, and it's like I'm just over it. it so, so yes, I I go out. Of, I I think I would like to say I try to go out of my way to look for something that's black owned first before I go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to clothing, because I know I can find something clothing wise mm-hmm. because there's going to be 75 million t-shirt pressers that are black. Right. Great. They're not, you know, uh, they don't have like the manufacturer to actually make the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So they're buying it somewhere else, but it's their time. It's their vision mm-hmm. um, and everything else that goes into it that I want to support them because at the end of the day, they're going to get a piece of the profit. Right. And I rather that piece go to something that looks like me than to somebody else. Agreed. But my dressers are full. I cannot, like, I don't have the space for another t-shirt. I don't have the space for any more shea butter, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but with that said, it's like the whole customer service piece. I agree to a certain degree because I feel like in my experience, dealing with some of my friends, it just takes one bad experience to turn them off from a Black-owned business. And that drives me crazy. That's a very good point. And I hate that because I bank Black. You know, we have one United Bank here and I yeah. bank Black. And the and I told one of my friends about my experience. And I'm like, I love banking Black, you know? I said, but the thing is, because a smaller bank, they will have a fee if, you know, you don't use your card 10 times that month. You know, when I first got the card, I didn't read it and I didn't use my card 10 times that month and I got charged a fee. And I called them and was like, hey, what's this fee? And they were like, oh, if you don't use the card, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, oh my God, I didn't know. And I didn't even ask for them to put it back. I'm like, that that's on me, I should have read it. She was like, you're a new customer, I'll put it back on your card, but we can't, you know, you have to make sure that you're using your card every month. Cool, mm-hmm. no problem. I was with Citizens Bank since for years, years. You know how many overdraft fees? I'm talking when I was younger too. Yeah. Overdraft fees and uh, saving account fees for not having the right amount and the customer service is terrible. But guess what? It's like, it's Citizens. I should just stay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I, if I can extend that courtesy to Citizens, why am I not going to extend that courtesy to One United? Even right. if I was to get bad, a bad customer experience one time. So my friend did get, she 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 must have called somebody on a bad day. I don't know. And she was done just that quick. Oh, I said, but you got Bank of America. How many times have they messed up your account where you had to sit on the phone for hours to have them fix their mistake? You you call one time to this black bank and you done already? That's, that's the mind fuckery. You see what I'm saying? Like I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I feel like I'd rather give a black owned business the benefit of the doubt because it's been plenty of times too where I've ordered something and it took forever to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably during Christmas and mm-hmm. I planned ahead for it, you know. Um, I love shopping black. I, I just bought an, a coat and um or a sweatsuit and there was like a little piece of oil on it and i caught it and i sent them an email and they were like oh don't worry about it you can keep that sweatsuit and we'll still send you another one even though that washes out yeah that's nice so i'm all for black businesses but i feel like we need more more i i've only been able to find one candle company that's black owned oh i know a couple of them there's like one in brooklyn but they're very expensive 
I'll give you I'll I'm gonna I'll look into it and like if anybody else out there is interested, you know, maybe we could do a show on, you know, some really good black businesses that we mm-hmm. recommend and that we've tried because because we did do this over Christmas. Yes. You know, where we tried to focus on, you know, buying black and reviewing black things and mm-hmm. making suggestions for people. So I mean, I personally use a lot of black makeup. Like for the ma- I don't use all black makeup, but the majority of the makeup that I well, some of my favorite. Let me put it to you like that. I'm talking about high end, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I just recently started using um, like a black hair gel and things like that. Like I mean, it's easy. A lot of us we talk about like a lot of hair products and stuff like that. If you're natural mm-hmm. like we are, then you know you're more than likely gonna buy some of your stuff if you can from right. somebody who's black you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying um, so I definitely um, move that way and I buy a ton, especially my boyfriend he is like really up on you know nice things and he supports black businesses left and right he's the type of person that could be driving by someone who's black and he'll stop go buy whatever it is that they're getting and buy it at top dollar because he's truly invested in us as a community yep and those are the type of things that like you have to have a true interest in but also you have to value yourself and that goes Mm -hmm. back to your point where you were saying like how come I can't get X amount of friends to just go ahead and you know we invest in this and then you know build this up and move on and move on and move on Mm -hmm. it's because of a couple of things you know you gotta understand that this is centuries of us being oppressed right? you know what I'm saying and there are still many of us whom have that mentality mm-hmm. no, I today, agree. you know what I'm saying? And yep. so it's difficult. Like there's a saying that I've said for years and it is, it is not hard to rape a child's mind. And what I mean by that is if you don't know, you're going to believe anything. Yes. So if you believe that you're shit because all the world treats you and people that look like you like your shit, your self-esteem is low. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you no. don't have the tools anyway So, like, a lot of stuff I've learned and you've learned, you know, we've learned some of this stuff on our own or from our parents' mistakes, thank God. Yes. You know, who, like, were teaching us about, you know, your mother was always preaching to us about our credit and, you know, making sure that we had savings, things like that. But my good gracious, that man. But shout out to him because you can save. Yeah, yeah. And my mother, because man, listen. She can save. She can save anything, by the way. And she can shop, too. She could tell you what's in that grocery cart by looking at it. She she, she might be off by yes. 10 cents. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and see, like, and that's the reality that, like, we need to go back to those type of basics. Because what happens is, is that in the way that the world is, where, where we're taught, it's, it's incorrect, by the way. North America... You're taught you have to work, you have to work, you have to work. But like, we're the only country that's this way. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not taught to live life. We're not taught to love. We're not taught to value your family. Because you can't if right. all you're doing is working. You just cannot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so like, what when I look at Instagram, that's why I don't like social media. I feel like these are those type of images that lead you to believe that you need to be like this. You need to have the money phone. You need to have the marble counter. You need to have the number eight body. And what I mean by number eight, guys, is like if you go to McDonald's and say, I want a number eight. <laughs> I want guys. Yeah, you know, it's like, and I'm not hating because some of the girls look really great. But at this point, it's just redundant and, you know, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's another show we should do. 
But my point is, sorry, I digress, guys, that us as people, like, you know, we have to really learn what the real value is. And it really is just us. Yes. Because if we really did do that and we really loved on each other and we really encouraged each other the way that we were supposed to without any major conditions besides being black, Mm -hmm. we would go far because and I want everybody out here to hear this clearly. And this is kind of going back really quickly just to like the whole Asian thing. In our, in wherever anyone lives who's listening to this right now, if you are Black, please shoot us an email, leave us a message on Anchor, leave a comment on Apple or whatever you're listening to. And please tell me if where you grow up, there's a Black town that people mm-hmm. come and visit. What I mean by people, I'm talking about um, visitors, tourists. Yes. Right? Because I've gone to... Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., New York, all these places have a Chinatown. There's no black town I've ever been to. Right. And then just to to add a little to that, we're not talking about the hood neither because everything black gets considered, oh, that's the hood. That's the hood. That's ghetto. And it's like, no, it's not because if it was... and again, the hood to uh, we've we've mentioned the hood a couple of times. But we're from the hood, we're from the hood. But you know what? I'm we're not we're not saying that as a derogatory ter- term. No, because my because our hood, our nana had a house in our hood. Yeah, you know exactly. And our hood was a family. Our community mm-hmm. looked out for one another. And I miss that camaraderie for my son, where he could be outside, and I know my neighbor's gonna look out for him. I know my neighbor will dog check my son if she sees mm-hmm. out he or she sees him out here acting a fool. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have that anymore, and and I honestly feel like it helped shape a lot of us into caring adults. Now these kids today, they don't care. Like, you know, they don't have that same mm-hmm. compassion. And I think a lot of it is social media. They've been desensitized to things, you know? Um, yeah, and don't think it's not deliberate. That's, yeah, so, you know what I mean? That's that's the scary part with social media, which is why I'm like, I, I know it's necessary. I realize it's progression, but I also know what group thinking is. Mm-hmm. I also know that people are desensitized and it's dangerous. It's not that, you know, you got to understand. Uh, I, I mean, we could go on for, for years about this and we definitely will talk about being desensitized and how that filters into people's everyday life Mm -hmm. and what we can do to filter that out and make healthy conscious decisions we just weren't built to to be on a computer all day long you know that's Mm -hmm. why our eyes are going bad yeah that's why people have carpal tunnel that's why people's necks are are hurting you know what i'm trying to say like because it just wasn't intended our bodies weren't intended to to that progression wasn't in the cards Right. It's not natural. Everything in moderation, you know? Right. That's a good way to say it. So I love taking social media breaks where I'm just not on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But to uh, push forward a little bit, um, as far as we talk about social media and um, the super size me bodies. um, Yeah. We are going to have a discussion on friendship and how reality TV plays a part in our reality and how what our kids and what we're seeing on um, Love and Hip Hop or Basketball Wives or Atlanta Housewives or The Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, Do you feel like those are changing relationships? 
you know, because this is what we're seeing online. And, you know, a little piece of it is these younger girls are younger and younger and younger getting plastic surgery, trying to be the Kylie Jenner's, you know? So these images and these relationships, how are they playing a part in in everyday reality? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's scary, right? So like for me, um, I don't mind like watching reality TV in dosage. And I guess I have particulars that I watch. I don't really watch the housewives so much, but I listen to a lot of podcasts that reference what's going on. So I feel like I have enough general knowledge to kind of follow along. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like the bodies and stuff like that, that's something that I hope you guys that are out there that you listen clearly with, right? There's nothing wrong if you want to go under the knife. There's We're not hating anybody. You know, I'm pro-surgery if you want to get it done. My issue is, is that you're never going to be satisfied. So I'm going to reference someone old, like a little Kim, Mm -hmm. and say little Kim was actually pretty and she looked fine after her first surgery, but it wasn't enough. She still needed this nostril in a little more, this cheek up a little higher, this lip a little fuller, and she never needed it, Mm -hmm. you know? And what ends up happening is they all start coming out looking like The Weeknd. And Mm -hmm. it's frightening. And, you know, what other people have to understand is, and I'm going to use like the Kim K and the Kylie Jenner, they have different kind of money. Mm -hmm. They have different type of doctors. They don't have to fly to Columbia. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, look at her face and look at Kim's face and look at Cardi's. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference. Look at Beyonce. That's what you call money. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. We could take a look at Chloe and that's a whole mess. Mm -hmm. But these people also start so young making these modifications. Right. And it's so sad. But I know I'm I know I'm digressing again because you were really talking about friendship. So um is it a certain show I should watch? So yes. Um the Atlanta Housewives just had an episode and it's been going on for years, for seasons. These, in my opinion, these toxic friendships. So you mentioned loving on one another, and that's why I brought that up. I feel like if these are the things that are going to be shown and you have people using using terms like sisterhood, they should actually have those in the show, not okay. like word vomit. Um, I would yeah. like to talk about friendships and how that looks on reality TV versus how it's been in our reality. So we'll have another um discussion about that next week yeah guys and also just a little tidbit here we've been following the uh george floyd uh, murder trial um as anybody who listened to the show prior you know that i won't say the murderer's name he's like baltimore (laughs) so um what instead of us incorporating it in our actual episodes what we're going to do is throw them in as a bonus so that you're able to choose and also for a reference because there will be additional trials through the summer. So if someone wanted to go back and listen, including ourselves, it would be easy for us to decipher through. Yes. So we want you guys to be safe. Keep DMX and um, your prayers. Chin up, everybody out there. Things are going to get better for us. And just know that people over here at the Metaphor Podcast care about you. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.